0: Another edition of the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast. In Nashville, Tennessee, I'm the professor, Matt Perkins. And joining me from on the shores of Lake Michigan, it's our intrepid blogger from Big Ten and Counting, a man who is uh, biding his time waiting by his phone for the love of his life to call. Uh, it's our good man, Josh Cook
1: what The love of
0: that was that was like i I, did, I was trying to come up with something on the spot and i <laughs> lost it i'm gonna do, i'm gonna start again
1: no keep it uh for the record i am uh a call from a school that i interviewed at for teaching this fall uh, so decisively not the love of my life uh, oh. although you know if uh if tintin wants to call me like to
0: oh gosh me. <laughs> what if what if what if only snowy gets in touch with you
1: uh, well, we power to um, a dog using a phone. Interesting.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> Anyhow, um, today's going to be a quick show. Uh, Sons the coach. Uh, when we're just going to quickly run through the independence for uh, this 2017 season. And Josh, you're going to start with BYU.
1: Yeah, we got a couple uh, teams in action here on Saturday. So we uh, thought we'd give the coach a break as he game plans for tomorrow night's game. and. You and I are just going to take care of the four independent teams. And I'm starting with BYU. Uh, they had a new coach last year, Kalani Shiitake, the mushroom man. Um, but the product remained as good as usual. They won nine games and a bowl. Uh, but they were actually a few plays away from something even better. They lost to Utah by a single point, UCLA by three lost to West Virginia by three, and lost up on the Smurf turf in Boise by just a single point. Uh, They knocked off three Power Five teams, Arizona, Michigan State, and Mississippi State. Uh, Offensively, the Cougars returned to Tanner Magnum. He uh, filled in extremely well in 2015. They went back to Taysom Hill last season, and now Magnum gets to run the show without uh, Hill, thanks to Hill graduating. Um, I guess if there's one concern about this offense, I'm a little – worried about who he will throw to as the top uh, receivers from last year are out of the program. Um, but they had a, a senior, Jonah uh, Treneman, had some nice flashes last year. They also have a really good-looking tight end uh, in Luali Patutu. So I, I think that they'll uh, they'll be fine. The interesting thing about that tight end uh, is he used to be a whiteout, but they moved him. So he's grown into his role but maintained having really good hands so that's intriguing. Uh, the running back, they just graduated their the school's leading rusher, uh, Jamal Williams. He's now with the Packers. Uh, the next leading rusher that is still on the team is uh, Squally Canada, and he just had 74 touches last year. Um, they also have a sophomore, K.J. Hall. He got some reps. I think these guys can do all right, but replacing Williams, fantastic year, is a really, really big ask. Uh, highlighting some other good things about this team. Matt, I know you love special teams, as do I. They've got a really good kicker, uh, Rhett Almond. He went 17 to 21 on field goals and only missed a single pat. Uh, the weird thing is, though, he's 0 of 2 from beyond 39 yards and has zero attempts from 50, which is really surprising for a team that plays at the altitude of Provo. Um, so maybe he doesn't have a very big boot, but he is surely accurate. Uh, Defense returns a boatload of talent uh, that's good because they have to make up for safety. Kai Nakura heading off to the NFL. Uh, Their top three leading tacklers were all linebackers, and all three are back this season. That appears to be the strength. The DL also has to replace three starters, but honestly, this team finished 28th in total defense last year. I'm not worried, especially with that linebacking core. The Cougars, we know they always uh, schedule tough, Matt. They have LSU in Houston, as well as a trip to Starkville. But they also have two great cracks at winning big games at home with Utah and our Badgers heading to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Frankly, that's a game that scares the crap out of me. Uh, outside those four marquee games, they also have Boise State, uh, several other Mountain West clubs, and a trip to our beloved Purple Pirates. Uh, but I got to be honest, I have eight near locks already for this team. Mm. Uh Boise and the trip to Starkville feel like toss-ups and home cooking against good but flawed Utah and Badger teams. This has the potential for a fantastic season. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if they are in contention for the highest-ranked non-Power 5 team and, and get to a really, really good bowl game.
0: They're a stacked team. Well, uh, you are a little bit more bullish than I am on them, but they do you know re- return a lot. I would worry about um, the passing game, like you said they don't really have any top receivers coming back, and Magnum getting to be the full time guy should help calm things a little bit, but they're always a dangerous team, especially up like you've said, in the elevation in provo
1: yeah, nearly a mile high. How worried are you on a scale of one to ten about Wisconsin
0: playing out there? eight.
1: I was gonna say eight 2 yeah, yeah, it's
0: it's, it's not a team. It's, it's to look at. between like an eight and an eight and a half. Um, I think that it is the second toughest game on the schedule, maybe the third. Yeah, yeah Michigan. Mm-hmm. Tough Michigan and I think that's probably it. So BYU definitely scares me a little bit as a Badger fan, but I still have cautious optimism about the Badgers chances in that game. I would have a, a lot better feeling though about the game. If they were playing UMass, <laughs> uh, UMass is awful. And I mean, this team is really, really <laughs> yeah. awful. Um, and that concludes, so bad, it, for, but, that concludes <laughs> it for our coverage <laughs> of Massachusetts. <laughs> when you get kicked out by the Mac. Something is not going right.
1: Oof, yeah.
0: We're here for Mark Whipple take two. Uh, so far in his return, he started the 2014 season. He is a robust uh, 7 and uh, 32. Hmm, that's uh, not particularly strong. Yes. So the for, good for a 280. Yeah. Um, uh, a 280 winning percentage. So, hooray for him. <laughs> um, and they have one player of note that anyone knows, and that's their tight end, Adam Brennan. Um, fortunately for him, too, um, well, fortunately for the team, first of all, he was actually thinking about going to the draft early. So, think about a UMass player leading early for the draft. That would be one in a blue moon. Uh, but he, you know, was talked about if he had, you know, he could enter the draft on mid-round, he decided to come back. He's far and away their best player. And fortunately for him, the starting quarterback on the mid is his high school teammate, uh, Andrew Ford, who just transferred from Virginia Tech and uh, split time last year but started uh, every game the second half of the season. So they will definitely rely on that uh, passing combo, of Ford to Brenneman to lead the offense. The defense uh, got a surprising staff upgrade from last year when they were able to poach Ed Pinkham, who was the defensive coordinator from last year's Western Michigan team after Fleck didn't let him row his boat across the Great Lakes to join him in the Twin Cities. Uh, so that Western Michigan team led the MAC in scoring defense and interceptions last year and uh, was second in overall uh, total defense. So both Pinkham and head man Mark Whipple actually worked for the now disgraced Chip Kelly just up the road from Amherst in, at, at University of New Hampshire. And it looks like they're trying to sort of rekindle some of that magic from the glory days of Durham. The biggest news, though, for the team is the fact that they're going to be playing on campus for the majority of their home games this year instead of at Gillette Stadium in Foxborough, which is halfway across the state, and no one went to the games there. So they get five games in uh, Warren McGurk Alumni Stadium this year. In the McGurk. Yep, and one at Fenway Park. Now, Josh, uh, for 200 fake dollars, who will they play at Fenway? Whew. You know. The logical answer would be Boston College, but this
1: is UMass. They don't do anything logical. So Marshall Thundering Erd. No,
0: University of Maine Black Bears. Oh. I hey, I got the first letter correct. <laughs> you got two the first letters. Two letters, M um, A. <laughs> they've got games against though that is probably one of their few chances for a win this year. They are playing its nine bowl teams from last Ooh. year. Uh, but they do get two FCS teams, Maine and Coastal Carolina. But they yeah, will. Coastal be... Carolina is no longer FCS, baby. Oh, I'm sorry. They have one FCS game against Maine. <laughs> toss-up against Coastal Carolina. The show
1: to uh,
0: They're going to be lucky to get four wins. Yeah, I was going to actually say that UMass seems like a really good cautionary tale on
1: joining a conference and, like, making your transition be smart. And we've seen Old Dominion and Coastal Carolina – go the route opposite of Massachusetts. I just don't know what they're doing. I, I don't see how they can be an independent. They don't have a national fan base like Notre Dame. They don't have a built-in fan base like BYU with the religious affiliation and
0: they don't they, have a giant population center either.
1: Yeah, and and you know, like, Army, Army also kind of has a national fan base because there's servicemen and veterans, you know, who went through the program scattered throughout this country.
0: Massachusetts doesn't have any of that. Yeah, not, not a lot of Minutemen out there. Is, it there any...
1: is there any word on them getting into a conference at any point?
0: Not that I know of, but if... but who would they join is my question. Geographically, they fit in best with the American, but their athletics are not nearly on par.
1: Yeah, maybe they'll, maybe they'll eventually go the way of Idaho.
0: I mean, who knows? Who knows? Um, anyway, let's get off this uh, bad topic and get to the school that you just mentioned, uh, West Point, um, which actually not too far of a drive from Amherst, Massachusetts. Yeah. Those would, uh, it, it, I think a nice little conference would be something like Army, UMass, UConn, Navy, uh, a couple of the other schools. Villanova, I think, you know, they've got one of the better 1AA teams, uh, bump them up a little bit. That would be a little fun for some Northeast football. but uh, well, Can you
1: imagine Villanova playing all those teams of basketball, though?
0: I mean, they would, they would mop the floor with them.
1: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let's talk about Army West Point. Coming
0: off their best season in 20 years.
1: Yeah, they are, and they are poised to build off that success, quite frankly. Uh, they have a very, very veteran offensive line, which is a great place to start if you are going to run – the option. Uh, speaking about good places to start when you're running the option, they have a lot of their ball carrier back. In fact, their top five ball carriers, uh, they have a couple fullbacks that I really like, highlighting one of them, Andy Davidson. Uh, this kid's just a bruiser. He actually made the switch from linebacker to fullback. Uh, last year, he ran for just under 1,000 yards and had over, 12, had over 10 touchdowns. Um, they have another fullback who was unstoppable in the bowl game. He had 119 against North Texas, which uh, contributed to his 600-yard season. Uh, So they they look stacked at fullback. Uh, At quarterback, Ahmad Bradshaw, he's continued to grow. He's now a a senior. He started all but one game as a junior. Uh, Had really, really nice touch rush in the ball with over 800 yards. Uh, He's got to show a little bit of improvement passing still. But I think that option attack is more than good enough to uh, to run rough shot over a lot of teams on their schedule. Uh, they returned seven defensive starters, including a pair of awesome looking uh, for Army. Again, let's all keep it relative. These aren't awesome Big Ten linebackers; they're awesome Army linebackers. Uh, Andrew King and Jeremy Timpf. I uh, think that they will keep the defense pretty strong again. Um, they, they were, believe it or not, fourth nationally in total defense. Um, a lot of that was helped, again, by their schedule. But let's, you know, the, the accomplishment deserves a little bit of an asterisk, but it should still be highlighted as it's what Army's been doing right now. is incredible for the last 20 years. They've been just a laughingstock. And last year they broke through. We felt like they were improving under uh, their head coach, uh, Munkle, I believe. Jeff
0: Munkin. Jeff Munkin, yeah. (laughs) Munkle, Munkle? is that like your uncle who lives in a monastery? It is. Um, But no, we've been talking about how Jeff Munkin's been improving this team. It hasn't really shown up in the record. Finally, it did last year. Well, it's um, because they finally decided to sort of adopt the same mindset as the other service academies because they've been trying to run, like, some single back sets for a while. And if that just wasn't working for them with the personnel that they are able to recruit, they're going to have smaller guys. So they're going to want to run the option more, and they're, Munkins finally sort of embracing that.
1: Yeah. And, uh, you know, they made a bowl game last year and won a bowl game. And I think that's a realistic expectation again this year. Fordham and Buffalo, easy pickings. They should open up 2-0. and uh, Tulane, UTEP, Rice, those are three manageable games. Eastern Michigan at home, Temple at home. Both, are, both were bowl teams a year ago, but, again, they're at home. They're not world beaters. I wouldn't be surprised to win either one or both of those games. They host Duke, who's coming off of a disaster of a season. They play North Texas again. Uh, they played them last year in the regular season and in the bowl game. So they should be really familiar with the Mean Green. And that's, you know, those were nine games that I think they have a decent shot in. Uh, outside of Ohio State and Air Force and Navy, those are the three toughest games. Winning seven, eight, nine games wouldn't surprise me. This Army team has so many good returning players and a very, very manageable schedule.
0: And they've established an identity, like Coach always talks about that. And I believe that the program now under Munkin is set up for success going forward, much more so than they have been in a long time. Yeah. So the last of the independents that we need to take a look at are, of course, the Golden Domers, the Notre Dame fighting Irish, led by their over caffeinated, overhyped, and in over his head, Brian Kelly. Uh, last year, they were four and eight. And, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, you know, the record's deceiving. You know, they lost uh, seven of those eight games by, you know, less than one score. Cool. You still lost eight games. You're Notre Dame. <laughs> You're supposed to be better than this. Um, they're going to have to replace Deshaun Kaiser on the offense. Uh, looks like Brandon Wimbush is going to be the quarterback, but I'm I don't know if they've officially named that as of yet. Fortunately for him, they ha- the rest of the offense is pretty stacked. They've got a great offensive line. Left tackle Mike McGlinchey is probably going to be a first round draft pick. Guard Quentin Nelson is also a beast uh, in the run blocking. They've got uh, the best player on the offense also has the best name in the country, Equinemius St. Brown. He had 960 yards and nine scores on 58 catches last year, and he is such a deep threat. You know, they can throw the ball up to him, and he will go get a 6'4 big kid, can really you know, make his presence felt on the field. Uh, got a couple of good backs as well, most notably Josh Adams, who – uh, ran for almost eighteen hundred yards last year, which I did not realize. Um, so, or sorry, he has eighteen hundred yards for his first two years in the program, not just last year, uh, two years, last two years in the program. But uh, their defense, again, like usual, has some talent, but we will see how well that talent can translate into wins. Really good defensive line, as always. It seems like in the Brian Kelly era, they have. More so than any other position, done a really good job of recruiting and improving defensive linemen. They are returning eleven guys from the rotation last year, which is absolutely um, obscene. So they should be strong and deep there. They've got solid linebackers, especially Miles Morgan and Greer Martini, uh, in the you know at the linebacker position, and some. Some really solid secondary, but they will have to uh, sort of ease some guys back in off of injury. So I think the back end of the defense is what I would be most worried about. I think that teams might be able to uh, break them and, you know, especially if you can make some gains on the ground, open up play action against the young corners, they should be able to, uh, teams playing them should be able to throw the ball over the top. They got some decent special teamers. Uh, most notably their kicker, Justin Yoon, who's 28 of 34 on field goals over the last two years. So, you know, the talent is there for Brian Kelly and the team. The question is, is he going to get it done? I don't think so. He's such a blustering fool on the sideline that he he just, he overthinks himself. And I, I, you know, as much talent as they have and as relatively easy as, or not easy, but, you know, as, you know, gauging by some of the teams that they play, they should be able to win, you know, eight or nine games. But I, I really have a tough time seeing them going better than 500 because I just don't trust Brian Kelly anymore.
1: Yeah. I think, uh, I think the team is really going to come down to their defense because last year is really, really deceiving because they finished 40th in total defense and They just didn't give up very many yards. But the problem is they gave up points. They hemorrhaged points. Their scoring defense was 62nd, almost four touchdowns allowed per game. And I think a lot of it has to do with just a handful of games skewed their defensive stats. Um, They played that hurricane game against NC State Mm -hmm. where they only gave up 10 points and – Hardly any yards. Granted, they lost the game, but that really helped their defense's stats. Um, they just totally suffocated Army in a 44-6 win, which also helped their stats. But if you throw out those two games, my God, the defense was terrible. 50 points against Texas and a million yards, 36 points given up to a 4-8 Michigan State team, 38 points to, a, I believe, a 2-10 Duke team. Um, 33 points in a winning effort against Syracuse. Um, they gave up 27 to Miami, 28 to Notre Dame, 34 to Virginia Tech, and 45 to USC. This isn't a championship caliber defense, I don't think. I'm not even sure this is a bowl caliber defense, despite finishing 40th last year.
0: I mean, that makes two of us, I don't really think that they're going to be going bowling again this year. And if they don't, if, you know, if, if they finish seven and five or worse, I think Kelly's gone.
1: Yeah, I think his personality and some of the issues for the team outside of the run of the BCS title game have really soured, you know.
0: Well, uh, like Have people forgotten that a student died filming their practices when Kelly made him go up in a in the jack in the, like the jack lift
1: i mean that was one of the incidents <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i
0: mean did, did we just like brush by that be like oh that was like bygones speaking bygones like a volunteer student lost his life on your watch I, I mean i don't think i don't think a big enough deal was made about that uh i would
1: agree but um i think the point still stands though that frankly notre dame is probably looking for a reason to fire him
0: yeah, I would be doing the exact same thing if I was the administration's. Which
1: uh, begs the question, there's a whole bunch of really good coaches in only their first or second year at some really good Power 5 schools. Who in the world does Notre Dame think they're going to get?
0: That's a good question. I can't really – I mean, do, what would be hysterical was if they went for P.J. Fleck? I mean, I don't know he, why. He's the, he's the kind of guy who would absolutely jump after one year. See, that's okay. So I hate to like, you know, pump the blog, but
1: I, I wrote that, wrote about that on my Minnesota preview where I felt like PJ Fleck really could have bolted after the 2014 season at Western Michigan. He stayed two extra years. He's a Midwest guy. He played at northern Illinois, granted it wasn't for Jerry Kill, but Kill came to Northern Illinois like two or three years after he played there. I'm sure Jerry Kill and PJ Fleck have crossed paths at some point. So I'm I'm wondering if there's more ties to Minnesota
0: than people are realizing for Fleck. We'll see. We'll see.
1: I'm not sure, though. I'm not sure Notre Dame would want him, though.
0: He's he's too much of a rah-rah guy.
1: Yeah, and, like, the row of the boat. And, like, Notre Dame thinks that they just can be Notre Dame. They don't need any of the extra stuff.
0: But who would they get? Because they would want some sort of Midwestern values forward man like Charlie Weiss. Drumroll, please. After winning Conference USA to a major conference or a major program school. And brings his dad in as uh, the inspirational speecher for <laughs> every game.
1: Uh, no, I, outside of making a joke about hiring
0: Skip Holt, I honestly have no idea who Notre Dame thinks they're going to get. I have no idea who they think uh-huh. they're going to get either. What would be interesting, what, what would be uh-huh. a strange match uh, they would make for strange be- bedfellows, would be the Mad Hatter. He doesn't have a job right now.
1: Mm, I think his personality is too big also.
0: Mm.
1: I mean, like, let's not forget, this is a school that has had Bob Davy. He is about as interesting as paint drying. You've had Tyrone Willingham, which I think was dried paint. <laughs> um, like, Kelly was considered a boring hire until people realized he was deranged like this is a school that does not like to ruffle feathers they want their football team to be the superstar they don't want the coach to be the superstar
0: what about what if they made a huge money play for chris peterson (sighs) i mean that that's logical doesn't he seem like the type of guy that they would want he seems to fit yeah I don't think Chris Peterson would take that, though. I don't think he would either. He seems like he's very content.
1: I'm not sure Notre Dame could do this because it would have to admit that they've been getting their butts handed to them by a rival. But talking about an understated personality that
0: they would love to get, David Shaw. Ooh, I don't think Shaw would leave.
1: I don't think so either.
0: I think at this point Stanford's a better job than Notre Dame. Yeah, I mean Notre have, Dame have a clearer path to the playoff. Yeah. It's quite frankly, I would imagine easier to recruit to Palo Alto than to South Bend. Mhm. And you know, there is I I I mean yes there are there are people out there who who want that type of, you know, Jesuit education. But I don't think that that's necessarily for all the football players.
1: Yeah, I just feel like, you know, Notre Dame used to ride on the coattails of being in national title games and contention for years and years and years, and they just haven't been that for so long. They're just kind of a mediocre program with a lot of former cachet, and I would say they're. A little bit of a poor man's Nebraska, and the reason I think Notre Dame's in a worse position than Nebraska is the Huskers are at least in a conference. They've got that safety blanket. They are in a winnable division in the conference, so they could get two Big Ten title games. It's not unrealistic to see Nebraska turn around in the next few years. I don't know what Notre Dame's
0: upside right now is. Yeah, it's going to be, you know, unless they change the playoff format to at least eight teams, I don't see them having a real shot ever. I mean, in the upcoming years, they have to run, they have to run the table. Yeah. They have to run the table to be considered. And, you know, it's, it's Notre Dame football and everything, but it's still, that's still a really tall, Task. Even if you're Alabama and get the best kids every year, it's still a tall task.
1: Yeah. I don't know what the ratings are, what they pull down for NBC, but um, I mean, that's the reason why they didn't join the Big Ten all those years ago is they had their own TV contract. What happens if NBC ever parts waves with that? Then they're really
0: screwed. Well, I mean, I don't know how long their current TV contract is, but I want to say it was renewed relatively recently. I know that it was made a big deal of the fact that Mike Tarico is going to be calling the games this year now that he's an NBC person. So he's moving from Monday Night Football to Notre Dame. So that will be a nice three steps down for him. Yeah, it's extended through 2025. So there you go. So they're not going anywhere for another eight years at least.
1: Yeah, but if they have
0: eight more seasons like they did last year, <laughs> oh, yeah, then they're not going to be at a good negotiating position.
1: Yeah. Well, that will uh, conclude our discussion on Notre Dame until October 21st when USC beats
0: them 65 to 10. Oh no, Josh, we're we're going to be talking about them. They're playing Georgia in week two. <laughs> Yeah, well, if they upset George, I don't think I want to that. <laughs> I think we're going to have to – we'll probably get Bulldog Corner with the coach on that episode. Yeah.
1: Well, let's go Temple September
0: 2nd. Do your worst, Owls. Oh, yeah. So, all right. Well, that's going to finish it off for our quick little independence preview. Uh, hope you enjoyed it. Um, so, on behalf of – Well,
1: actually, uh,
0: Matt, while I have you, I, I just wanted to ask, since we're probably not going to do a
1: formal preview of – these uh, five games that are happening uh, this Saturday. I was just wondering, well, what are anything that jumped out at you for this kind of appetizer that we have on Saturday, August 26th?
0: Well, um, I think that there, for me, the strangest thing is the fact that um we have Ohio State, Indiana. Well that's the that's the thirty oh, first. That's the thirty first. Yeah, the the But even just having a Big Ten game in a Big Ten league game in week one is very strange to me. Mm-hmm. So um but as far as the ones this weekend, South Florida, San Jose State, eh, not doing a whole lot for me. Portland State, BYU, Snooze. Hawaii at UMass. Why would you leave Hawaii to go to Amherst, <laughs> Massachusetts? I'm
1: curious about that game. I think Hawaii, for their uh, bull hopes, has to win that game.
0: I think the best game is Oregon State, Colorado State. Agreed. Yep. And I don't think it's really even that close. Um, South Florida versus San Jose State is just a very strange non-conference matchup. is So is yeah. so uh, Stanford versus Rice in Australia. Now, I understand, okay, we want to spread college football out around the world. Cool, let's go to Australia. But why would you bring Rice along? Like, at least make it like Stanford versus someone who's half decent? Yeah, Why couldn't couldn't we get Stanford BYU? That would make a lot more sense. I love how these trends for international games comes and goes.
1: Uh, I remember in the early 90s, Wisconsin clinched a Rose Bowl by uh, beating – Michigan State? In, the, in, in Chicago, Japan.
0: In Japan.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I don't really get it either, but I'm with you. That Oregon State, Colorado State is legitimately intriguing to see if Oregon State has any chance at improving this year. And with a Colorado State being Mountain West Conference hopeful, getting uh, knocked off a Pac-12 team in their brand-new stadium. Christening a, a, their new digs. That'll be interesting. Um, San Jose State, Florida, South Florida, it's always weird when teams have long travel across time zones, so maybe South Florida's a little, little sloppy to start with. But even though San Jose State's a pretty bad Mountain West team, it is still a decent conference team in their home stadium. South Florida has a lot of expectations on them this year. I want to see how they respond.
0: Well, if we're going against the spreads on these games, um, we'd have, you know, uh, South Florida is a 21 and a point favorite at San Jose State. Um, UMass is a two-point favorite at home against Hawaii. I don't know who in their right mind is betting on that game. <laughs> Stanford, 30 and point favorite. Uh, Colorado State are a four-point favorite at home. Nice.
1: So. I, like, uh, I like that Rice is considered the home team mm-hmm. the Australia game. Of course.
0: Because, Thanks, you know, Houston and Sydney have so much in common.
1: Well, they're sister cities. Apparently. They, they both have opera houses right on uh, the beautiful water.
0: By opera house, don't you mean oil derricks in Houston? Yep. Yeah. Okay, that's what I thought. Uh, <laughs> same, same sort of architectural design. Yep. Avant-garde. Love it.
1: Absolutely, and uh, and now we officially have concluded our random Saturday. Not really week one, still week yeah, one.
0: I I, I don't. I, it just it feels weird, and doesn't feel like it, it's not going to feel like it's actually started until next week.
1: Yeah, but at one thirty p.m. Central Time, I will be on my sofa with
0: a beer, eating some nachos, watching Colorado State Oregon State. I will be at my cousin's wedding in Albany, New York, and wishing with a, was on your sofa. With, with a beer, beer <laughs> eating
1: nachos, and, <laughs> and
0: watching Colorado State, Oregon State during the wedding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, sure, uh, I'm sure they'd really appreciate that. All right. Sounds good. Excellent. Well, um, so on behalf of our intrepid blogger from Big Ten and Counting, Josh Cook, this is a professor saying so long, and see you next time on the Illegal Motion College Football Podcast.